And so kind of what I want to dive into today is, you know, how would somebody go about finding a mentor? I mean, is it basically you just write them a letter, write them an email, stalk them, you know, basically do everything you can, but get a restraining order until they say yes? You could try that. That's kind of what I had to do. <laughs> what do you think about seeing a verdict? Who? You could try that. So I think what I quoted last week was identify the person that is a version of your, as close to a version of your future self as possible, and then engage that person. Now, now some people's like future version of themselves is the rock, right? Mm -hmm. Or Richard Branson or, you know, Elon Musk or something like that. And so, um, those guys aren't engaging them personally eyeball to eyeball is usually not an option. But most of the time when you have people at that level of success, you can always find a book, find a program, watch their Twitter, their whatever, you know, follow them along in those aspects. But what I was identifying last week when we spoke was, yes, if you have the opportunity and you're interested in finding a one-on-one eyeball to eyeball mentor, then you look for the person that is the closest to a version of your future self and you go to them um, even if they're a stranger oftentimes they're not sometimes they are you go to them and you say hey I'm at a phase in my life I'm looking for mentors I've identified you as someone who I look up to you have accomplished some things at least from an outsider looking in and I'm interested to see if that's something that's ever crossed your mind and what could I do to get my foot in the door or is that something you're even interested in? Right. And, you know? Yeah. So, okay. So basically someone finding someone who's like the future you of who you want to be. is kind of what you're saying. So yeah. Like if you want to, I mean, if you want to be a, a physique competitive bodybuilder or something like that, then you need to find the guy in the gym. That's a trainer. That is the, that's what you want to look like aesthetically. Right. Right. Or if you want to be, um, a better doctor or a better attorney or a better entrepreneur or a better home builder, developer, anything like that. Then you <laughs> I'm trying to be like oh, a future version folks. of myself right now. So folks, if you're, if you just got a screenshot of that, you see that my friend here has, has, has put his hair into a, I've got a baby, sad little baby man bun. <laughs> I've got a baby bun going on. Anyway. So I guess I'm a version of his future self. Which that would that would be tragic, but anyway, um, so you you identify someone like that, and then you go after them and and say without stalking, without having to get a restraining order, et cetera. You like, hey, I want to introduce myself. I'm so and so, and this is what I'm trying to accomplish. And a lot of times, uh, a lot of times you'll get a yes. Most people will be kind of flattered. Some will be taken back, like really, right, wow. Yeah. Um, but I have had a few people tell me. You know, man, great. That's awesome. I appreciate that. But I just don't have time or I don't know what I would show you. Or They're just, they're so disconnected from that philosophy or that mindset of mentorship right. that they just don't get it. Right. And so that was just a, it was a polite no, never like a flat out hell no, but you know, sometimes you get a no. So, but I, I guess you also at the same time, if you're, if you're 
going to get a no, then you also probably need to work on your pitch because you're probably that might be if, if they're not able to see enough value in you that they can get from you. I mean, I guess every business owner is going to want a return on their investment. So if they're spent, you know, time is money. As a, as a friend of mine told me one time. So if they're having to invest their time in you, whether that be you know five minutes or it be an hour, yeah. regardless of someone who's like you, you you block out your day. Mm-hmm. So if you've got someone that you need to work with and spend time with them, then you're investing your time into them. Yeah. So they're going to want to return on that. They're going to want to see some value that's being given. There's, there's, so there's two ways to do that. Um, one is offer up your services for free. So in the case of my team and people that come to work here, if they have a skill set or a talent and they want to put it to use inside our organization – we typically say, show me, especially if we're not looking for someone. If we're looking, then we're probably more inclined to be like, yeah, show me for a few weeks and then we'll do a deal. Um, but, I mean, if I'm full, if I don't need any additional graphic designers and there's a graphic designer trying to kick in the door because they want to get in and d- be a part of what we're doing, then they're just going to have to show up you know, without compensation and show me what they can do or do it outside these four walls, bring it to me and, and go from there. But... So what that component looks like is you going somewhere to put in some effort, some work into someone's world, whether they're a singular business person or running a big organization, et cetera. Um, And you're going to work for free, but in exchange for that, you're going to be right here next to them. Mm -hmm. Or at least throughout the day, you're going to have an opportunity, you know, for what they're doing to rub off on you. And that's sort of a mentorship which is kind of a lot of my team members that's they get it by osmosis or they get it, you know, indirectly mm-hmm. hearing everything, seeing everything that goes on, especially these two guys. I mean, they're, they're getting every single detail that comes out of my mouth, the good, the bad, and the ugly. I think I've mentioned that before. Um, so that's one way to look at it. You can go somewhere and put in some effort and the exchange is you're giving them free, um, work or free, whatever you want to call it. And, uh, non-compensated involvement in their day. And in exchange for that, you get to be near them and around them. So that's one way to look at it. The second way to look at it is to say, hey, um, I think you're an awesome CEO running this financial institution and I want to know how you run it. I'd like to be around you. But at the same time, I have a job or I go to school full time or whatever it is. You know, Do you have any time in your schedule where you could meet with me and we could talk and I could ask questions and you could answer, especially after the person has engaged you and said, sure, I'm interested. Then you can do that a couple of different ways. You can say, Hey, um, I would love to buy your lunch once a week. So 12 bucks, 15 bucks, whatever that costs you. And we have an hour together and I'll bring lunch to your office, like a little cater mini catering. I'll bring it to your office and we'll hang out or we can go somewhere and get out of the office. Pardon me. And, um, that kind of compensates them for the time and they're going to have to eat lunch anyway. They're going to have to pay for it if they don't have, you know, unless it's a restaurant owner, then he might eat for free. Um, And so that's one way to also do that. And that's probably the most frequently used is how can I just meet for you for a short Mm -hmm. time? Um, You might offer like if it's a business person that travels, you might offer to drive them on their commute to the airport and then pick them up. It depends on how deep you want to take it, but every business owner, myself included, has downtime when we could be doing something else, 
mm-hmm. and or we're we're work we might be working on something else, um, and we might be interested in making that available to someone who thought about it. From a, from someone who is mentoring and has mentored and continues to do it, it's extremely flattering when someone outside of your world looks inside your world and says, "Wow." I would like to know more about you and what you do. And so that's flattering, right? So the the, the typical answer is, wow, that's cool. I appreciate it. I'm interested, but I don't know how to do it because it's because it's a flattering comment or, or you know, engagement for mm-hmm. the party that you're talking to. Um, if they're terrified by the thought of it, then it's just a no-go. You're going to have to find somebody else. Well, but I, I guess think, too- but I think those two ways, I think you go and you try to offer some value um, in some exchange for services, or you offer some value in some, you know, like I said, trips to the airport, meals, or something like that. Those just tend to happen less frequently. Mm-hmm. Like if you do free engagement where you go to someone's establishment and their business and you go show up five days a week, you have five X times of actually that one day a week lunch. Mm-hmm. So you're going to get that, you know, maybe 50 times really, because you're going to be there all day long for eight hours a day. And that's not feasible for some people, and I get it. But I think I brought up an example, and we'll jump on your question in a second, of, a, of someone who has an aspiration to be a coach, right? And, you know, they want to they find a coach that's local or one that's somewhere that they feel like they can work with or be around, and they just offer, hey, I'm going to come to your practices. I'm going to watch everything you do. I'm not going to get in your way. I'm going to get your players' waters. I'll carry your clipboard. I'll be a quiet mouse in the background. I just want to listen and see because I can learn from you. Really, you know what I'm saying? Because most of that's audible. It's not like one-on-one. What did you think about the book you read? It's not like that. So there's, it depends on what you're doing, you know? So I think there's instances like that where you can bring value. It's not necessarily free work. It's not like an eight-hour day of free work, but it's this on-the-job training kind of kind of thing. Yeah, and I guess at the same time, like you you said, you know, you may have to like move on and find a new one, but I guess at the same time, you're, you're constantly learning. You're constantly learning how to you're either learning how to do it the right way from a mentor or you're learning how to do it the wrong way. So in a, kind of an example I could, I could that's going to lead into my question is I have a friend who um, does personal security mm-hmm. for a lot of well-known people. And he was doing um, security for someone and they were a well-known motivational speaker. Mm-hmm. Um, and before they went out to talk, had a psychological meltdown. Mm. Didn't want to go, didn't want to do it, but then just put the face on and went out and did it. Wow. You know, so it's almost kind of like, you know, there are people that we can idolize that we think they're one way, but they're really not genuine enough to real. they're just a, a wolf in sheep's clothing, you know? And yeah. so how do you, what do you look for in that to say, Hey, yeah, this isn't someone I really need to let be my mentor. I can think of some real fringe cases where that might come into play. Like if there's a successful business guy in town and, and he's really not a successful business guy. He's laundering money for you know mm-hmm. the mob or something like that. Or I could there's probably some scenarios like that. But usually, when you're an outsider looking in, your aspirations are not that fringe. And so, most of the people that you're going to talk to or engage are, are going to be stand up dudes. I don't think you're going to run into that very often. Yeah. Um, now, do people have multiple facets to their personalities? To where they may be that dramatic and on stage they're a freaking superstar? Yeah. Of course. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I think that's okay. You know, I don't think that makes him a bad mentor. It depends on what you want him to mentor about. I think another thing, too, don't get hung up on the fact that I'm, we're kind of identifying how do you find a singular 
I've got four or five people that I talk to regularly mm-hmm. now. So, and those mentors to me now is not like me seeking out, you know, loftier individuals and higher production individuals and higher net worth individuals. For me, it's just people that I'm in tune with. Right. And they can be financially less advanced and advantaged as I am or way more. Um, it can be a friend, you know, who's just been through some stuff that I may be going through at this time. You know, maybe I have little kids and his kids are grown, but we're two years apart, that kind yeah. of thing. Um, so, so different aspects. So don't be afraid to like get multiple mentors. And, you know, if you're, if you're concerned about matters of finance, maybe you get mentored by someone who runs a bank, but you're in comedy. So you're mentored by someone who does customer service because customer service can be funny as hell, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's just different, different things like that. And I would encourage everyone to, to not put all their eggs in one basket to use a cliche statement and to have multiple mentors and it's not like you're meeting with them daily very infrequently is it even weekly it's usually there have been some people in my past i've met with once a month once a quarter twice a year but it's enough that there's that constant touch looking in them looking back and there's Mm -hmm. some engagement there to where it's you know beneficial so what if you have multiple mentors but they they have different um opinions on certain topics I think it's great. You just bring that in. I think different opinions. I think different opinions is where truth finally comes out. Yeah. Right. And I I can think of a dozen different examples, but the, you know, if somebody says do it this way and somebody says do it this way and somebody says do it this way, you have three different opinions. That's great. Cause then you have three different vantage points to look inside and say, well, which one do I want to be more like there's and an opinion is not a wrong answer. Right. It's just the way that guy did it, you know. Uh, we talk about some guys that want to work eight-hour days and go home and be with the family the rest of the evening and never work a weekend. And we talk about guys who work 18-hour days and work every Saturday, and they're only, they only go to church on Sunday or something. I mean, just, there's not a wrong way. I think you have to find your center, and I think helping to find your center is tied up in finding multiple opinions and points of view and experiences. So I, mean, I think it might make you more well-rounded to right. have three different individuals who have three different opinions. And I guess it's also at the same time. You may have three different opinions. There's three ways of doing something versus if you were doing it on your own, mm-hmm. you may end up doing it 10 different ways, but at least they can save you the shortcut to where you can try something three different ways versus 10. Right. And I mean, we don't want to have different opinions on things that are ethical. Right. It's either ethical or it's not. Yeah. Um, th- there's no gray area. You're either a truth teller or you're not a truth teller. Um, you either abide by the rules of the tax code or you don't. Right. I mean, you just there's just certain things that are black and white. Um, but I think when it comes to an opinion on like, you know, how should you budget for your business? Well, there's going to be 12 different answers to that. Mm-hmm. And everybody's goals are different and there's no wrong answer. If that guy wants to hoard more for his business strategy and this guy wants to be a free spender more for his business strategy, great. You just have to figure out your your piece, how, how that works for you. And so I think it's actually probably more beneficial to have multiple points of view, opinions, uh, however you want to define it, to, to get to that place to where you're finally defining who you are and what you stand for. Yeah. You know, so I like that. That's a great question. So because then I guess putting that in perspective, like where where were the areas that your mentors maybe differed when you're kind of getting started? I know you had your uh, your restaurant mentor mm-hmm. what was his name Tommy 
Tommy. Yeah, mm-hmm. Tommy Yen. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I'm taking. I'm learning things. You are learning. That's and good. so I say you take Tommy Yen. I mean, I'm sure that he had a different opinion than some of your other mentors. Or mm-hmm. you know what? What did you learn from your mentors that maybe you still use today that you pass down to other people that you're mentoring? And what do you not use that they mm. may have taught you? I have probably forgotten way more than I have put to practice. Almost to the tune of information overload, you know, especially since I'm an avid reader and we talked about identifying mentors who are not necessarily geographically close, mm-hmm. but they're, they're Instagram, Facebook, you know, New York Times bestsellers. And so you end up with, you know, different, different things like that. Um, so probably forgotten way more than I have put into practice. So I don't know how to answer that other than to say that um, they all probably played specific roles. Mm-hmm. And I had to probably dig pretty deep in the memory bank to find those. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I do remember a couple of instances where from a benevolent standpoint, you know, like I think every organization, uh, our, our, one of our tenets of operating is to give. Mm-hmm. Um, we've talked about that several times, to serve. Um and so I have had some run-ins where uh, my benevolent attitude may have superseded a partner or a mentor's benevolent attitude, and there was some like almost rigid guidance there. Like, yeah, you really should have done it like this. And I'm like, wait a minute, it's giving. I can do what I want, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was few and far between. Um, I'm thinking probably. Hmm. I mean, I think back when when I was more of a leverage mentality from a financing standpoint, mm-hmm. I think I had people telling me, "Don't be leveraged," and you shouldn't be leveraged, and you know, make better choices and control your money, all that kind of stuff, M- manage much better. And I didn't pay attention to those at that, in, you know, at, at that place in time, and that stuff came full circle, and I learned from that. And so now I'm back to where they were then. I was opposed to it. Right. And now I've come full circle and I'm like, wow, they were right. Or their opinion was more accurate for what I was doing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think that uh, I think there's some good and some bad that comes, but I just I couldn't recall them mostly in detail. So what would you tell your 20 year old self now if you were mentoring your 20 year old self that maybe they didn't share with you or they didn't teach you? What's something that you learned on your own? Ooh, that's a great question. What's something I learned on my own? Hmm. Um, probably, and I apologize for the long, awkward pause. We can probably edit that out. Awkward um, pause. <laughs> we'll do a little voiceover. Awkward pause. Um, probably, what did I learn on my own? I think the number one thing I learned on my own is that people... Um, have high expectations and demands and very little grace and gratitude in general. Mm-hmm. So that goes back to the whole, the whole overcommit, underperform thing. Mm-hmm. When, when you make an error, even if it's a like known you're about to make an error and you go through with it anyway and you just fool rush in kind of thing, I think the amount as a young entrepreneur – of what I expected from the marketplace as far as gratitude and grace for my 
hard work or my effort was far loftier than I actually received. Like people were vindictive. People were cold. People were coarse. People were pissed. Mm -hmm. Instead of like, I feel like I'm the exact extreme opposite of that. I'm just like, ah, whatever, let's go. You know, and, and until it becomes a pattern, but a one-off, I just and maybe I was like that in my twenties. I just don't remember. Or thirties, I don't remember. Now I'm, I'm. I think I'm a whole lot more full of grace and and stuff like that because I require so much of that still. But uh, I think that's the one thing I learned on my own. No, no, no mentor that I ever had said, "Look, Green, look, everybody's an asshole. Your customers are going to hate you. There's going to be people you can't please. You know, just get over it and move on." I, because I think it kind of wounded me in some aspects, little wounds along the way where you try and you try and you try and you just couldn't make that person happy or you just couldn't get that person off center of wanting to crush you and take you out. And uh, I think that was something I learned on my own that that um, I think deep down inside people are good and want to be good. But in those certain situations revolving around finances, revolving around money, revolving, there can be some really cold hearted shit that goes down. And I just as a young business guy, I wasn't expecting that. I was expecting like maybe I was just too lofty on myself, and I thought, "Hey, I, here I am, world by my shit," and and it went badly. But uh, no, I, that's probably the one thing I don't recall anyone ever telling me, "Look out!" You know, there's bumps in the road. People are like this, right? So that's probably the only thing I could remember right offhand. Gotcha. Yeah. Wow, this is a good one though <laughs> to learn. Had to learn it four or five, six times. <laughs> I know. And we're going to have to get into that. I mean, I know there's, you know, a lot of, you know, in order to be someone that knows a lot about everything, you've had to learn a lot about everything. So, yeah, and, uh, yeah for sure. I think that origin story is coming. We're still teasing it. We're but. still teasing it. There's a lot of depth to that. It's a, it's like that uncharted territory in the blue hole in the right. ocean. Yeah. I don't even want to go there. Yeah, no. But, yeah. Don't want to see it. And we don't have to, you know. We don't have to go swimming in the ocean. We can lay <laughs> right. out on the beach and just look we at lay the on the beach and have a cocktail and talk about it. That might yeah. work. We'll do. Yeah. Let's or do that coffee. version. Coffee or coffee too. Let's do that version. Well, man, I hope that helped a little bit. What else? Uh, no, that's honestly that's all I have today. I mean, it's pretty short and sweet. I feel like that. You know, if you're going to get a mentor, you need to just go out there and ask. Yeah. What's the worst anybody's going to say to you? Yeah, I've heard. Uh, I've heard several people in the past say this, but I think most recently I heard um, Gary V, Gary Vaynerchuk say, you know, one of the biggest problems with people in general is that we we answer no for the other party before we ask the question. Absolutely. So we just don't ever ask. Right. And so I think you might be thinking that professor at school that's a really great biology professor and you want to get into biology, he could be a really cool mentor or that person that you know from work, you see him, he's always posting on Facebook all of his awesome pictures with his kids, and you really suck at being a dad. Maybe he's a mentor. And then, you know, anything, fill in the blank. Doesn't matter. And and the the word mentor has such a um, astute kind of feel to it, like, oh, I'm a mentor. I mean, it's just basically a confidant, a friend, someone you can say, hey, what would you do if, and that person gives you the information. Mm-hmm. It's not like this big expanse of an idea i mean you know so don't be so intimidated by uh if i left everybody with one thing they don't be intimidated by the the connotation of mentor mentee that informational exchange um and uh, you know don't be afraid to ask and like i would stop listening to this podcast right now and go to your phone if you have that person's number and pick up the phone and call them or shoot them a text and say, hey, you got a minute? I want to talk to you about something. 
and just do it, you know? Because mm-hmm. if you don't do it today, you'll forget about it tomorrow, and pretty soon it'll be August, and then Christmas, and then we'll be in 2020, and the whole year will have passed by. So, and if you're still on the phone right now and you didn't call somebody, you're not looking for a mentor. That's right. That's right. Kind of well, reminds me of the end of Big Daddy, and everybody's like, they call their dad at the very end. It's like, I love you, Dad. That's pretty good. I hope to get those calls someday. <laughs> well, man, I'm glad I could help you. Absolutely. Everybody else, go get you a mentor. Or be one. That's right. You could do that too. If anybody wants to ask me any questions, you can just DM everything that I know and <laughs> and uh, SE Green will read them to me or send them to me. And there you go. So I will uh, be glad to mentor someone one day if I ever have that opportunity. <laughs> You're going to be mentor- now prepared. You're going to be mentoring some 25-year-old college grad that's got themselves deep in credit card debt about how to pay off the car and pay off the credit card. Come on. You're on the path, right? You're right. halfway there. Right. And so now you have strategies and tools to give someone that's younger than you. So it's just how deep right. is your bucket of tools. Right. It's Absolutely. coming. It's coming. All right. All right, guys. Thanks so much. Have a good one. We'll see you next week. <laughs>